Cue the music. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to run with the herd. The herd hour with your host, Blaine Smith. He'll be joined alongside by Justin Arvon and former SID for Marshall University, Randy Burnside. They're going to get into the Bowling Green game that unfortunately turned out to be a nightmare. Plus, they're going to get you ready for Troy as the Fun Belt conference play is officially open and ready to be played. So, you know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee fill style. If it's in the evening, pour yourself a nice drink, kick back and relax, and get ready to run with the herd. Coming off the, the dream in South Bend, we've now experienced the nightmare at Dwight Perry. Uh, Randy, I think you coined it best saying kind of this is where Buffalo kind of go to die, the wasteland. Um, in the words of ben, Vince Lombardi, you know. What the hell's going on out here? Guys, what, what happened? What, can, we, can we speak to it? Therapy time here. Hit, hit me with it. Who, who wants to defer? Who wants to take the ball first and run with it? I handed it off to Randy. There we go. Okay, Randy, you, you roll. Well, guys, I'm just going to tell you, we, as a program, have not had a lot of success in Bowling Green. Uh, personally, I've been there many times, and the only time I left there uh, with a win was 2000, and it was close. I think we had a six-point win that we just pulled out, uh, you know, and – the only other time Marshall ever won at Bowling Green was 1954, the first time we went there. So it's not somewhere where we've had a lot of success, and I was worried about it coming off the uh, Notre Dame win. You knock off a top-10 team, all of those things going. Uh, you know, so you kind of – you're concerned. And you know the coaches tried to guard against it, and they said all the right things all week, and you work. And, and quite honestly – came out really fast, scored that 14 points real quick. And, but at the end of the day, what I, you know, when you look at everything statistically, Marshall played well. It was the two turnovers, the two fumbles inside the five-yard line going into score that at the end of the day cost them the game. And, it, you know, it goes back to that more often than not in football, whoever wins the turnover battle. And it, it really, uh, really got us there. Yeah, hey. I, I completely agree. I mean, you beat yourselves with, with two turnovers there. Um, you know, also, you know, it just seemed like we had talked about our line being such an advantage going into the game last week, Blaine, and I didn't see much quarterback pressure, and when we did, we couldn't connect on a tackle. Couldn't bring him down. He was able to do a lot back there in the pocket, but – Going back and looking, I don't I don't see much of our line stunting in the middle. I don't see anything happening to to stay in our lanes to keep the quarterback in the pocket to get pressure. I don't see our nickel coming off the edge as much as they did at Notre Dame. Uh, so I think some of it there in the second half, especially or after the first quarter, um, after their receivers started making some outstanding plays down the field, 
I think our our kids and maybe our coaches might have over adjusted a little bit uh, to to those outstanding plays, and and it just hurt us throughout the rest of the contest. Uh, so I don't know. It just didn't feel like what Marshall defenses felt like, you know, especially in uh, at Notre Dame. So uh, I don't I don't really know what to pin it on specifically, but the two turnovers are definitely a big deal inside the five. That's I mean. It, you it immediately takes down there. It's over. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you immediately take fourteen points off the board, and those are big swings. Like from being potentially twenty-one nothing to then fourteen-seven after like those two great catches for Bowling Green to score their first touchdown, and then obviously the the second fumble there by Layborn trying to make the play on the hurdle. It ends up you would have taken the lead in a tie game at the time. They go down and score. Then you got to score. Um, I mean, I think in the end, you know, Huff kind of said it best there after Notre Dame. He said, if we had turned it over three times, we would have lost. Well, we turned it over three times on Saturday. I think it's as simple as that. You turn it over. The time of possession also for Bowling Green to have had it more than us, that was a little surprising. It wasn't like they ran the ball well. I mean, 2.9 per carry, 77 yards on 27 attempts. But it's just like they kept as honest enough. And McDonald made some phenomenal plays. I think Bowling Green probably played one of their best games of the season. Marshall probably played one of their worst. I think that's uh, well. You know, you got to give credit to. Uh, I I think really the quarterback McDonald. He he kept plays alive and he was deceptively quick and uh, made some good plays with his feet as well. Yeah, and uh, you know that he came up with. I mean that, that one catch down the sideline the big six, seven wide receiver puts up his paw and brings it in, you know, they on third down. Pass. Yeah. They, that, that's not a pass. that's going to be completed very frequently. If you go over 10 times, you know, um, so they made some good plays and, you know, you just got to tip your hat and hopefully shake it off and move on because they've got a tough test coming up. Yeah. An extremely tough test, Randy, um, with, with Troy, hitting on what happened here at Spalling Green. Um, the point about McDonald and kind of him just keeping plays alive, right? I think it goes to the point Justin brought up earlier about the D-line not getting a, a lot of pressure and not stunning, not not really confusing him much. He felt like, to me, he was very comfortable during the game. And it showed in his ability to make plays, especially once they got that first touchdown and, and we weren't playing as much press coverage. Blaine, I think you watch that first quarter. Um, you know, we're pretty aggressive with our DBs blitzing the quarterback, typically. Um, and we did to begin the game. I think Gilmore got a, you know, a pass. He knocked a pass down there early in the game. Um, you know, outside of that, I don't really have one that stands out. I know uh, Mike Abraham got a QB sack in the Notre Dame game. Um, coming off the edge. I just didn't see us bringing much, anything to confuse the quarterback. I didn't see us bringing blitzes from odd places. I didn't see the middle of the D-line stunting, Xing anything. Um, I saw our defensive ends running out of the play, leaving lanes for McDonald to escape through. And it very well could be he was quicker than we thought he was. Anytime you watch film uh, as a coach, you you got to build in probably at times three, how good you're thinking there are, but times that by three. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 
on film. He doesn't look super fast, but goodness, he looked faster than we did on occasion there. So, uh, you know, it didn't work out our way, but it's time to got to move on. <laughs> you guys are both ready to move on, and I don't blame you. Real, real quick here, do we think Bowling Green might be better than what people think they are? Like, I think that Hillier guy was pretty solid. Um, McDonald looked pretty good. Maybe this win won't look as bad come no. November. No, you don't no. think so? No. I agree. They'll be I middle of the pack to bottom mid-American conference. They lost to East, uh, Eastern Kentucky. Uh, that was a bad loss. Um, there's, there's, there's no way to – uh, as Coach Pruitt used to say, make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So that, that was not good. I, want, I agree. Randy, and, I want you to say it like Bobby did, though. Can you give me that real quick? <laughs> hey, let me tell you right now, there's just you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> or something to that effect. Hey, pretty good. Pretty but good. Hey, I will say this. I love chicken I, salad. I've been, I've been to Bowling Green with Coach Pruitt on a couple occasions. And, and that 1998 game, uh, you know, the only loss we had that season was at Bowling Green. And mm-hmm. in the locker room afterward, Coach just said, you know, get all your stuff together, throw your stuff, uh, get your showers, let's get out of here before they find out we're still here and they come back and whip us again. So that was mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Huff's going to have to uh... – take a little page out of coach Pruitt's book there and, and win the rest of them this year after a loss against Bowling Green. I do want to talk real quick about the, the mantra that he had in the building, right? The Marshall beaters versus he could have just taken the rat poison very easily. You know, all that stuff you write about how good we are and all that stuff they hear on ESPN. It's like poison. You know what I mean? It's like taking poison, like rat poison. All right. So, <laughs> I would have loved for him to kind of use Coach Saban's thing there. Um, and, like, hey, you saw Sean Clark at App State actually put, rat, you know, mouse traps in the facility. Like, come on, Huff. Marshall beaters, is that all we got? Like, I know. Come on. Like, you want to be this? I mean, how, how are you going to put no, your name up, up on that P.J. Fleck name. level? It's, it's, yeah, it's come on with something. Stuff. It's yeah. the same stuff, though. But, you know, and all Give me some creativity, Randy. Is, in all honesty, App should have lost, too. So, oh, absolutely, but they didn't. The, the, the Probably because the mousetraps really didn't work for them either. <laughs> hey, the mousetraps worked. They won. They won on a miracle last second play. I mean, come on. They <laughs> they, they, they they trailed and, and Troy had made a stand there late, and they should have lost. I, I still can't get over that that one in a million landed for him there, but it did. Well, you kind of were alerting us to it in, in middle of the second quarter of the Marshall game. And I kind of looked on it and said 99.9. And then we saw him take the safety and then the squib kick. And then that nonsense um, was pandemonium and Boone. Hey, let them win as many games as possible before they come to Huntington. That's, that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, guys, Absolutely. I want to ask this question, though, real quick. Before we get to Troy, do you think that Saturday night was more a one-off or a trend of things to come? Or do we know yet? I hope it's a one-off. Goodness, yeah. It's been a trend the last – since I've been a Marshall fan, basically. But isn't that true of anybody? I mean, let's think about it. The teams that usually win are the ones that take care of the ball and they don't turn them over, you know. So mm-hmm. whenever you have a hiccup like that, 
Um, you know, there's very few teams that go undefeated. Let, let's just be real. And, uh, you know, so technically, you know, everyone at, at some point gets disappointed. The other teams give scholarships too. And, and quite frankly, they had a target on them, you know. You just beat Notre Dame and you're going into Bowling Green and it's their homecoming and and no one's giving them a chance because they just lost to EKU. And, Which they clearly you know, didn't pay attention to because Marshall was coming up probably. Yeah, so – so, you know, there, there was a lot going for him in the motivation department there. And, but, but, you know, you're going to have that sometimes, you know, we all want them to go undefeated, but heck, think of all the great Marshall teams that didn't go undefeated. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, you know? and, and, well, and hey, that's true of anybody. And Randy, I'll say this. I think if, if you'd given me the choice after the Notre Dame game, Hey, you're going to have to lose a game here coming back off this hangover to the Irish winning this game. Troy or Bowling Green, I would have much rather won the conference game. So maybe sure. it's good to learn this lesson now. Sure. Absolutely. I think you're right. I'm just I'm just disappointed because, you know, I, I'm wanting the prestige to continue to be up there in the top 25 uh, or in the receiving votes close to it and be in that conversation. And when you lose a game like that to a Mac school, it, it just – it kills it kills that immediately. So now you gotta work your way back into that conversation. And and when you look at the Sun Belt this year, uh, and and who we've got on the schedule, um, it, it's not going to be an easy road. Hey, and that road starts Saturday night in Troy. Um, kind of, I want to get into the mindset and the mentality of this game for both teams. I think that's where it's won or lost, right? Troy obviously coming off the deflating loss to App State. And then we've got Marshall kind of, I would say, in a more ticked-off mood because they didn't play their best versus Bowling Green. I kind of want to see and kind of want to get y'all's opinions on, do you think that'll be kind of the case? Do you think Marshall may be deflated? I think that Troy's ticked off because of the way they lost, like, what are your thoughts coming into this game on the mindset and the mentality for both these teams? I think uh, they're both ticked. Yeah. I think they'll both be ticked. Um, I'm sure Troy feels like they should have won that game, uh, you know, at, at Boone. They had everything going for them. They played a brilliant game, kept it close. They were in control. They made a, uh, a defensive stand late. Um, and, and then you held – them in check for three downs on their side of the 50 only to lose on a deflected Hail Mary, uh, you know, in a painful way. So, you know, they're, they're, they're wanting to get back in the win column. And then obviously, you know, the herd with the big win over Notre Dame, and then you get to overtime and it just doesn't go your way. Uh, I think both, both teams are going to be, you know, in, in a, in a position where they're a little chippy, uh, but you know, Troy is going to be back at home and have the home field advantage and everything that comes with that. So that, that makes it a little extra um, challenging, I think for the Marshall guys who have got to go down there. Yeah. And I think Troy's going to be the one task with mirror mirroring their last week effort Um and their execution and all that stuff. They're tasked with mirroring that. Marshall can only go up from here. And so I hope Marshall's loss is more of a 
you know, a learning lesson type of, okay, we, we can't just show up here. We really have to prepare. We really got to concentrate each possession, each play, um, buckle down. Every play is a new one type of mentality. And I think if Marshall does that, then I think the talent wins out. Um, but yeah, like I said, Troy's Troy's the one going to be tasked with having to match their effort they gave last week. Um, I think so. that's a great point, Justin, about Troy kind of being so up for that challenge to go to Boone, spoil their game day appearance. And now they're while they're coming back home and it's Marshall and it's a, a night game, there might be a little bit of a letdown off of that. Maybe they kind of used all the gas last weekend um, and where Marshall – didn't use much gas at all after a 14 nothing lead. I, um, I don't know if there'll be a letdown or not. I just know that they're the ones tasked with keeping that up two weeks in a row. And if if I were on that team, I'd be pretty ticked off. So I know I would bring it. I'm assuming these college athletes will as well. <laughs> but uh, uh, I just think I, I just think Marshall talent wise uh, has the advantage there at, at basically most positions and like we talked about last week on paper we've got a huge advantage on the line well so to play devil's advocate for you uh since 2004 no one's won more football games in the sunbelt conference than troy university um they've got a great home field um they're coming off a a game uh that they feel like they they could have won they've got a first year head coach they want to win for uh, they've got one of the best linebackers in the country. Uh, they got a quarterback who's throwing for over 300 yards per game. Um, they're hosting a school that just joined their league that came in, you know, thinking they're kind of hot stuff and, and has a win over Notre Dame. So I'm thinking Troy's going to be loaded for bear in this one. The other thing to consider is it's my understanding our, our team is staying in Birmingham which is a good distance away from Troy. And uh, so I guess they'll be flying into Birmingham and then busing all the way down to Troy. And that's not your normal game day bus. Uh, that's, that's uh, I'm thinking, close to two hours. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a night game. You got the long bus ride back and forth. I, I'm, I've got some red flags that have me really concerned about this ball game. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I We've think never the won there either. Alabama are going to be a little bit tougher than what we might think. And uh, I've been there before. Granted, it was a long time ago, but they had a young guy by the name of Demarcus Ware, and he wrecked us for two years in a row. And then he mm-hmm. came to Huntington and wrecked us again. Um, you know, but you know, we had come off a win against Kansas State, and we go down there, and it was the grand opening of what was then called Movie Gallery Stadium. I think it's now Veterans Memorial Stadium is what they've renamed it. Uh, but that was a very surreal game. I think we lost 33-24. And then the following year, they came to Huntington and, and beat us in a close one. And DeMarcus Ware had something like four and a half tackles for loss, uh, four sacks. Uh, we just couldn't block him. They also uh, beat us the year we should have won at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, Whatever yep, year that, that was, that was the following year. That was 04. It, yep. yep, that was the game in Honey. Yeah, Troy. Troy's won. Troy's won the last two games in this series back to 2003 and 2004. So haven't played in 18 years, like you said, Randy. Kind of Marshall coming into the league, thinking they're kind of you know the new kid on the block that's 
Yeah, you know, I mean, they're expected gonna, they're, to be this team. Gonna, it's so great. Yep. That's a good point. Now, I mean, I also kind of – my thing on is I don't know how good Troy is, right? Like, watching them last week, they gave up a lot of yards zap state through the air. I think that we can we can kind of have some success versus them. I don't know how good their defense is. They're not necessarily great at running the football either to this point. So, maybe you get some pressure on Gunnar Watson. Uh Maybe you knock him out. You get Jared Daigie coming in. That scares me a little bit too. The, the <laughs> thing that was the thing that was kind of interesting to me is if you look at Troy so far in the first couple of games, all of their touchdowns came through the air. It was all passing, and then all of a sudden against App, all their touchdowns came on the ground. It was a reversal. So, granted, they were know. all one yard runs there, Randy. Granted, yes, that's true. Yeah, uh, but it was a reversal, and uh, it, it makes you wonder if if you know they're they're getting to be a little bit more balanced or not. Maybe they've got two really good possession receivers. I know, um, but he's also been sacked. I'm, I just pulled this up, and he's been sacked nine times in three games. Uh, he cannot move in the pocket very well. It seems like he's thrown four interceptions. To five yeah, touchdowns. but he's also played at Ole Miss and at Appalachian State in two of yeah. his three games. So oh, I I'm going to give him a break. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, hey. my point is I think Marshall's defense is on par with App State at least, and I would hope we could pressure the quarterback and get some of those same results sure. there. Yep. Be opportunistic yeah. on Saturday. I think right. on yeah. this yeah, past week at Bowling Green, we, we didn't really take any chances, and we didn't really – give ourselves a chance to get make, get those opportunities to create turnovers like we did against Notre Dame. I think we just got to get back to being ourselves, especially on defense. We kind of got shell-shocked a little bit there Saturday night, I think. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely looked that way. Yeah. Hey, so, I mean, Randy, I, I know – I think you were kind of really kind of tuned in on that App State-Troy game. Uh, how did Troy really kind of have them on the ropes, though? Like, you know, you look at the numbers in this game – and I'm kind of trying to figure it out. Um, you know what? How did how did Troy pull it off and kind of get to that point where they really should have pulled the upset? Troy made plays when they had to for much of the game, and the game was back and forth for, throughout. I mean, Troy really did a good job of of staying with App, and, and down at the end, Appalachian State had a chance. Uh, to, to win late, and they make a great stand uh, deep down in the end zone, and the pass went uh, – I mean, they just played great coverage and, and did a good job of keeping everything in front of them. But the thing that really bothered me that I didn't quite understand, and I haven't seen the coaches post game, uh, but they're up four, and there's very little time left in the game. And they opt to take a safety. The punter ran out of the side of the end zone. It was bizarre. Okay. Now, I understand, like, hey, if I punt here, um, we're probably going to give them really good field position. But they would still need a touchdown if you punted. Okay. But by taking that safety, you know, it, it, it took a four-point advantage down to just a two-point advantage where Appalachian State could kick a field goal to win, and then 
on the kick, the free kick, instead of booming it, it was a uh, a squib down the middle. And I think they were trying to take some time off the clock, maybe catch Appalachian State off guard. But the guy fielded the kick very well and, and ran it back almost to midfield. And then I felt like Appalachian State blew their opportunity. They had no timeouts and were looking to the sidelines to try to get into field goal range. And Troy had everything covered. Their defense played great up until that fourth down and forever. And Bryce just, you know, launched it deep downfield. And it almost looked like a design. It kind of uh, did. Off of a tip as if, you know, that was something they practiced that, that receiver coming around off the tip and running it in. Hey, Justin, uh, it kind of looked like to me, sort of like a basketball, like half court play where you like throw it to the middle and you kind of tap it back to the guy who's got the wide open shot. It's exactly. kinda, yeah, Valpo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Bryce drew play, yeah. uh, a different Bryce uh, involved yep. on that one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, though, I, I will say this though, for John, for John, um, Summerall, their, you know, their head coach spent some time there, uh, 15 through 17, kind of with, with Neil Brown has Kentucky in his background. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that you kind of lose that game, the way you lost that game in your first year, that's got to create some doubt. And that could be a game that beats them twice. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I really could because they're not really running the ball very effectively. And Marshall, you would think, would be able to stop the run. Bowling Green really didn't run it on him either. So it's it really just comes down to can you get some pressures on the quarterback uh, on Saturday night, I think. I think that's going to be going to be the key. I think we can. I want to say we're going to be in a different mental mindset than App State was on Saturday when Troy played them. That's for sure. Well, App State was in our mindset. They were in the same mindset we were. They just had a home game. Yep, in a miracle. Um, Right. (laughs) They had the whole game day distraction and all that hoopla going on as well. Right. Uh, But they had you know thirty thousand plus behind them at home. And still, you know, struggled. I mean, uh, that that tells me something about Troy to go into that environment, the Wolf's Den, like that, and, and play tough. You know, it's. It, I think it's going to be a challenge. Uh, but I think you're right. But at the end of the day, if we don't turn the ball over and we can run the ball effectively, I think Marshall will win. Now, hey, what, yeah. Randy? Let me ask you this real quick. If we heard any word on Ali this week, what is it, is he going to play? We know he's practicing last week. Uh, any word on number twenty-two? I've not heard anything. Have you guys? Yeah, I've I've heard he will not be playing, but Isaiah Norman will be playing. He Ali is not listed on the depth chart for week four. We can put it that way. Okay, so maybe you work him back in there versus Gardner Webb uh, here, kind of next week and then maybe you get him back to Louisiana full board. That'd be nice. Mm -hmm. I know originally when he first came back, I think the sentiment was that he would be back for conference play. Uh, That doesn't seem to be the case right now though. He's yeah. I'm looking at the depth chart here. He's not on it, but I think a good thing for us, like I just said, is Isaiah Norman is back on the depth chart and that that's a big boost to our uh, defensive backfield. No doubt. That might free us up to do kind of some more things we did against Notre Dame, 
free up our linemen and our nickels some more to get some pressure on the quarterback. I do not think the Troy quarterback Watson can move like McDonald did. Uh, just these, even watching these highlights, he doesn't look like that kind of player. Now, Justin, you told me three times the speed. Three times the speed. I know, but look at (laughs) I think that's that's the right – that's how you got to coach it, right? But looking from my perspective, I don't see it. He has negative 57 yards rushing on the season, so he's not escaping too much. Exactly. And so, guys, real quickly here before we kind of get into the – kind of the broadcast part of this game, because I do want to hit on that, Randy and Justin both. Do we think Marshall's more deflated off of last week or ticked off? I hope ticked off. Uh, I mean, not being around the the building, you you don't really know, but I would assume that they're ticked off and they want to make amends for it. So, you know, I expect Marshall to come out and play play really, really well. Yeah, I do do too. I would hope they're ticked off, but I think a lot of it depends on – you know, how much they trust their coach. Um, I, one thing that has disappointed me so far, and maybe I've just missed it, is I have not heard Huff came out, come out and take the blame for the loss. I've heard, it, heard him blame it on Marshall beaters, turnovers, penalties. Uh, that, that places the blame on the players, and that devalues their trust they have in the coach. I mean, it just does. Um, from a position of leadership, I think he should be willing to, to take the blame there, and I like him so far, and maybe he has. I just haven't seen it. You know, that's interesting, but, Justin, you bring that up about him talking about Marshall beaters. Like, weak name, and then you're going to talk about those when you when you bring in a backup quarterback to run a third down and nine call when you had a chance to win it and you're getting cued at the end of the game when you could have just ran the football. Needs to take yeah. some responsibility for that. Well, I think so, but not only, even if it – I mean, it's not his fault. We turned the ball over inside the five. But I'm talking from a leadership perspective, get your kids to really want to work for you and buy into what you're doing, the leader has to take responsibility for for the squad and, you know, guys playing for him see that and then they react accordingly. I don't know that that's the case because I haven't heard him say that. If I would hear him say that, then I would only assume that, you know, players are going to go balls to the wall for him type of style, you know. So and that's my only concern. That's my only coach, concern. You know? Yeah. I actually liked the use of Cam Fancher there in the fourth quarter. I thought he provided a spark and gave us a great Randy. touchdown drive. But I know what you're talking about on that third Pass and long. third and whatever it was. That third and long, yeah. I understand. Oh, it was a great drive from Cam Fancher. Maybe, to, yeah. But maybe if he would have just tucked the ball and ran there, it would have been a better, better result because that guy's pretty daggone. Oh, yeah, I have no issue with him being in the game either. Uh I, I do maybe, have it. Maybe too. we should have had him more in there sooner. It's what right, I thought right. after after that fourth quarter drive. Yeah, you bring in a cold quarterback who's thrown one ball the whole game and put him third seven have to make a completion. So yeah. it's tough. It would not would not be something that uh I mean, even that'd have been a tough throw for for Andre to make there at the end of the game, <laughs> let alone uh Cam Fancher. Uh, but I'm with you guys on the use of Cam Fancher. I, I want to see more of that for sure. Um, what I don't want to see more of, though, is the NFL Network. I <laughs> the the color analyst, and I and I don't remember his name. And to be quite honest, he's not. It's not worth remembering. Terrible. One of the most biased perspectives I've ever seen from what's supposedly an air quote national game um, with announcers was awful. 
awful Saturday. Now I think the play by play guy was decent, but man, the play the color guy was horrendous. Tough to listen to. He was definitely I'm not gonna say he was a bowling green homer. I'm not sure those exist, but he definitely <laughs> wanted the underdog to win. So Hey, say, I'm, just, I'm just gonna tell you guys what I told my wife when she made a comment about that. And um, if we weren't Marshall people, we'd be wanting the underdog to win too. That's pretty much how most people are. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's what I. T- I think I told Blaine that maybe. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> hey, well, hey, you know what though? I might be, I might be contrary. I, I want to see the story. And Marshall was the story. Bowling Green was not. Um, but hey, he he was loving him some Falcons. So hey, if it's a, if he's on the call again this week, we're gonna have to hook up, get synced up with Steve on the radio call. At the same time, I had to do that for the for the ESPN Plus stream there a couple weeks ago, and it worked pretty well. So might have to do that again because that that was it was tough to listen to, tough, tough <laughs> to listen to. Hey, tougher though than the App State radio call, Randy. I know. That uh, Painful. you you want to talk about that real Painful. quick? We're we're gonna play that for the folks here real quick, okay? And then I want you to Do talk. You have it? Oh yeah. I don't have it. I don't have it up, but they're gonna hear. Attention! Turn down your radio. Turn down your radio. With everybody back to try to knock one down. Three man rush. Chase gonna step up in the pocket. Sets. Throws high into the air. It's up for grabs. It is juggle. I have a degree in broadcast journalism from Marshall University, okay? And uh, if Chuck Bailey produced uh, students that did play-by-play calls like that, you know, uh, he would have lost his mind a long time ago. Rule number one, I mean, absolute play-by-play 101 is to keep your emotions in check and for your color person not ever to scream over top of the play-by-play guy as he describes what is going on for the listener at home. Now, I understand that everybody was excited and thrilled in Appalachian State land and that these guys are kind of homers. I get it. They're, they're involved with the school and so forth. But you got to have some professionalism. At the end of that game, if you listen to that radio call that's now gone viral, those guys are screaming over top of each other for a good 60 seconds or more, and the person listening on the other end has no clue what happened. None. <laughs> None. So you're telling me, Randy, that we need to have a warning to turn down your volume before we Absolutely. put Absolutely. You don't know what's – I mean, if I'm hanging on the edge of my seat and I can't get to a TV to see it, and I'm listening – I want to know what happened. Describe it to me. You should be able to tell me with your words, paint a picture, okay, of what just occurred instead of screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, woo 
Oh, oh, it's a miracle. It's a miracle again. Blah, 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 talking over each other for like 90 seconds. And you know what's really sad about it? And I thought about this more afterwards. I actually see people on social media praising this like it was a great radio call. It was awful. And it really ruined what should be a great moment in absolute history. state history. Yep. Okay. Because when you go back and listen to that, you have no idea who tapped the ball, who caught the ball, the way he ran, where he went, or anything. I would like to think that if the roles were reversed and, and Marshall was in that situation, that, that Mark Martin and Steve Cotton's play-by-play would be something that you could reuse over and over for eternity and actually know what occurred. You know, so-and-so knocked the ball to Corey Gamage, who ran to the right side, evaded two tacklers, he's into the end zone, touchdown, you know, we win, we win. <laughs> Not for like 60 seconds. Terrible. But that's just me. Hey, no, it's not. I agree. That was a Randy <laughs> rant brought to you by. <laughs> hey, but I'm with you, Randy. Like, you, you, you got to have some ability to let people know what's going on. And, and they obviously yeah. did not on that call at all. And, and I think Steve, Steve does a great job on the radio, always kind of painting that picture, yes. but still being enthusiastic. Like, you, right. you hear the calls that he made from the Leftwich and Pennington eras, you know, you they're still usable. They're, they hear, you know, will be used for decades and in, in, in continuing to move forward because he's very good at what he does. And so, But think about some of the bigger good too, obviously. Like Eli, Eli Gold, people like that would never do that. Would never do that. Hey, you might not like to hear it. Caridi's pretty good too. Yeah, Tony does a good job. Absolutely, Tony Caridi wouldn't do that. You know, it's just you know, I just think it's unprofessional. Now, some people seem to like it and they think that's cool, but I know a lot of people do not, and I'm with the group of the old timers, I guess, that think think it's unprofessional. I don't think you're old timer on that, Randy. I I consider myself new school, and I I don't like it. So, I think you're. I think you're more mainstream on that than you think. Um, so, hey, guys, let's let, let's get to some predictions here for for Saturday. Uh, we got a seven o'clocker NFL Network. We just beat that into the ground. <laughs> Marshall is a three point favorite right now that they were installed as a four point favorite when they opened the lines up now we're three that's not good news i it, it can be it, it sometimes it's good news though justin because that means the public's on troy which means the guys in the desert might know what they're really talking about um heard three point favorite totals at 52 in this game uh i, I will i will lead off and i'll go ahead and say I like the herd in this one. I like the defense creating a couple turnovers, putting Gunnar Watson in bad positions. I think Laybourne holds on to the football, has himself a big day on the ground. I'll take the herd to win this one 34 to 17. Just wow. under that under. Just under on that under. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Yeah, I uh I think we're gonna get back to business, Randy. <laughs> I hope so. I hope you're right. 
Who you want next? Justin, you go ahead. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> someone will defer. You know, you got. I'm going to defer on this one. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't uh, I don't see Marshall giving up 28 to them like they they got last week against App. I think Marshall's defense a little better, and I think with Norman back in the defensive backfield, maybe that opens up our our line and backers and nickel a little more. So I'll go. Like the seventeen, but let's make it a touchdown. Let's go. Uh, Heard thirty-one, Troy twenty. Ooh, fifty-one as well. Little little trend there. I like it. Randy, guys, I'm gonna go with a hard-fought Southern football game, night game. You're in. Troy, Alabama. I think every Division One school in Alabama has a home game that night too, that day. So mm. I think every school in Alabama is home. I think Auburn, Alabama, uh, UAB, they're all home. This could be interesting. Everybody's going to be really spread out, all their favorite football stadiums. Uh, I don't know if there's enough people in Alabama to cover it all. Uh, they're going to be kind of spread out. But night game. Sunbelt opener for the herd. Troy coming off that emotional loss. I'm going to say it's going to be something in the neighborhood of 17 to 14. Ooh. And whoever whoever holds on to the ball better is going to have the 17. And they're going to win the game. And, and I, I think it's a toss-up. I, I don't know the road if Marshall can go in there and win that game I just so I'm going to say Troy 17-14 yeah it's just my gut mm-hmm. Randy I, I hope I you're hope wrong, I'm wrong. I, I hope you're wrong, wrong guys. I hope I'm wrong I really hope you're wrong um hey so you think they'll be able to slow down the offense that that's concerning I, I for me to think, hear you say that though. I think the offense may turn the ball over. I mean, if they turn the ball over three times like they did at Bowling Green, we're going to lose this game. Uh, you know, so yeah, you know, Bowling Green <laughs> if Bowling Green can can do what they did and, and limit us in the ways that they did, then I figured Troy will be able to do the same thing at home. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I don't I hope they prove me wrong. I'd love to see Marshall go in there and win 45 to nothing, but um, I've been there and I'm telling you, it's a hornet's nest and it's going to be a tough place to play at night. It, it really is. And, uh, um, you know, they've got a lot of pride in that program. They've been very successful for a long time down there, just like Marshall has. And, um, you know, the Sunbelt home opener for them. I just, I just, I don't know. I have a bad feeling about it, guys. I just do. Man, Randy, I'm sitting here trying to recover, and you're like driving me into the ground here. I'm gonna lose again. <laughs> you sound like my wife. You are so <laughs> negative. You had just a horrible weekend, and it's it's bleeding over into everything. I'm like, honey, come on. <laughs> doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. No. I, I'm just. I don't know what to expect. We'll see if they can recover or not. You know. Yeah. Um, but I really, 
I don't think Bowling Green's very good, guys. I just don't. I don't either. We should have never have lost to that team. We I think that's what makes ever, it so kind of shocking. We should have never been in a position to even have it close to where a couple of fumbles could kill you. No, so. and, and like I said, after those big plays, I think a mindset all changed, and I think we took the foot off the gas. I agree. Uh, so I agree with that 100%. Now, here's the thing that worries me. What if this team takes on the mentality we play up or down to whoever we're playing? Then we're in trouble. Yeah. Exactly. There's more teams in the fun boat you play up to, though, at least. I'll say that. That's true. We, we got those teams at home. Yeah, but. that's true. Yeah, you'd ra- you'd yeah. almost kind of like to have a few games that are like you got to get up for it on the road again. Hey, so, Randy. We'll hey, Randy. What I want to do real quickly, there were th- uh-huh. there's three teams – that are playing in the state that day. Troy Marshall, Auburn Mizzou, uh-huh. and then Vandy Bama's at 7.30. I like the fact that Bama's playing at 7.30. Maybe it'll keep some of those folks at home. Maybe. That's true. That might help us a little bit. Um, and real quickly here, can you give us maybe a little bit of what co- you would think Coach Pruitt might be <laughs> trying to bring here in the locker room pregame versus Troy? Let's, let's, well, let's, let's close let this me, out with close it out with Coach Pruitt here. Well, I'm just going to say this: Coach Pruitt, number one, is the best coach in the history of the Mid American Conference. Okay, um, he had the uncanny ability. Better than Terry Hoopner? Yes, <laughs> absolutely better than than Coach Hepner. God rest his soul. Um, but um, Coach Pruitt had this great ability of keeping his players loose and making them believe that they could beat anybody at any time, anywhere. We would always go to walkthroughs and coach would have the team wearing sweats. And and it wasn't, it wasn't the walkthroughs that a lot of coaches do where you go over game prep and, and so forth in your plan. Coach Pruitt kept his team loose and just walked them into the stadium you took in all the sights and the sounds the day before of what it looked like and, and got a feel for the place. And, and he just had this, I mean, it was a phenomenal way of making his guys relaxed. Um, I think sometimes coaches can overcoach and, and it causes your players to play tight and so forth. But, uh, you know, I think Bob would warn his team that you're going into a really bad, environment this place is going to be tough uh but you know you play your game and nobody can beat you you know if you play mistake free and you play you know martial football um it doesn't matter you know if they know what's coming that they still can't stop it you know only you can stop yourself so that would probably be coach pruitt's message hey you know what else he used to always say play for championships well this is step one yeah playing for that championship Absolutely. And and you know what else, too, Randy? I'll say this for Huff. Had a chance last year. Things didn't go their way right in the end because of the injury to Wells, you know, to playing for that conference championship last year. Maybe he'll keep them loose. I love the way he went into Notre Dame early, a day early. Now, granted, it's a, that was a different I, deal because you wanted to – yeah, because you wanted yep. to stay away from being, like, shell-shocked. But I think the fact that we did what we did against Notre Dame It'll get us ready for some of these more kind of kind of charged environments in the fun belt. Whereas last week at Bowling Green, you know, Grant was homecoming. Our, our guys probably felt down for that a little bit. I think we'll be back up 
on Saturday night at 7 p.m. I hope you're right. And I hope I'm wrong about the road, but I just think the road in this league is going to be really, really tough. I just, uh, it, it's going to be a challenge. And I'm looking at the schedule, guys, and and everybody bothers me. Old Dominion, James Madison, Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, Troy, they all give me heartburn. Yep. Hey, well, let's, let's, let's hope to get road victory number two on the season. Go to one and zero in the fun belt on uh on Saturday night, and so uh we'll let the music play and uh, good herd hour, gentlemen. Thanks for joining three wide, Randy. We we hope that uh you bring us some luck this week. Well, I, I hope because uh, like I said, I hate to be devil's advocate and so forth, but uh, maybe maybe they'll prove me wrong. Assuming it goes well Saturday night here, buddy, you're gonna have to probably pick against us every week. Just saying. Well, I know, I, and I would <laughs> gladly do that if it helps the herd win. Absolutely. Hey, off for it. We'll, we'll allow Randy to go like Ofer. He can be like Teddy hey, in the president's race there at Nat Park, you know? So I had a really bad weekend between the herd and the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, it, that was rough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be happier next week. You know what makes me happy? Wins. Winning. Yeah. Winning. <laughs> Winners.